From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. This is Bloomberg Business of Sports. The cold hard truth about the Olympic journey is not really been financially incentivized in the same way that many other professional sports are. The business of basketball involves CBA, Global, our licensing arm, Think 450. All of those things will make up what that looks like. Money in sports is one of the reasons why I enjoy being on Monday Night Countdown. We talk about some of the more interesting aspects of business of sports. When you're talking sports, discipline is the bridge from being good to other being great at whatever it is that you're trying to be or accomplish at your profession. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports show where we explore the big old money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. I'm Scarlett Food. Lots of money issues to talk about this week. Woo, my goodness. Today, the Live Golf Series. Oh, my goodness. We got the PGA. They're going to raise their funds because it's like, hey, wait, don't leave. We're going to put some more money in there. <laughs> and then the Women's Golf Tour, they're going to add more money in that also. Uh, we got a lot to talk about here. So let's start with that, first of all. Let's let's put it this way. Brooks Kepka, uh, he went to leave the tour, uh, PGA Tour, and he is going to the Live Golf Series. Now, okay, that's your decision. That's that's your thing. That's cool. He sees the green. He sees the green. All right, there you go. The week before that, when he was playing in the U.S. Open, and they asked him about the Live Golf Series, you know, he gave us a talking to as the media is like criticize reporters here's what he said i'm here at the u.s open i'm ready to play the u.s open and i think it kind of sucks too that you are all throwing this black cloud over the u.s (laughs) open it's one of my favorite events i don't know why you guys keep doing that the more legs you give the live golf series the more you keep talking about it now that was last week interesting that he called it a black cloud which he's now yeah full on joining we have a saying in our old neighborhood how you gonna play me man it's like why why, why? (laughs) well you know what that was that week now it's this week. <laughs> and, you know, he's not the only one, right? Because you've got Abraham Answer, who's ranked 20th in the world, uh, joining Brooks and, of course, Greg Norman and Phil Mickelson. So Live Golf has now signed eight of the top 50 players in the world. Um, they're gaining momentum, certainly. It's a civil war in the sport of golf. <laughs> am, I, am I exaggerating here? No, I'm laughing because of Colin Morikawa. He, he sent a tweet out because they've asked him, hey, you're going to join the Live Tour? And this is the tweet. To state for the record once again, you are all absolutely wrong. I've said it since February at Riviera that I am here to stay on the PGA Tour and nothing has changed. For now. Now, if you will excuse me, I've got some cereal to pour in my milk. (laughs) So I guess for right now, he's not going to go anywhere. And hey, listen, if 
you do what you think. This this is the world that we live in. More, you know, do whatever you want, and you know what's the deal of going to it. You know, the the live tour and all the the backlash. But, but you know, maybe there isn't that much backlash insofar as. Uh, the U.S. Open players who are playing on the Live Tour can still play in the U.S. Open, right? right. Because that's not a PGA Tour jurisdiction. The British Open, yep. they can also participate as well. So maybe you can have your cake and eat it too. My question here is, I mean, this is, I made the reference to a civil war in the sport. What happens next? How does this end? Because the PGA Tour is being outspent and it feels like being outmaneuvered here. And uh, the leg that it's standing on, and I, I'm stealing this from a bunch of articles that I read on this, um, is legacy and history. And does that still stand if it keeps losing all these stars to live? Well, it, you know, it comes down to money. Yeah. Now, if the PGA... Where the PGA does not have the advantage. Exactly. Now, if the PGA said, listen, we got sponsorships all over the place from Mercedes-Benz or whatever, and now you have an equal share... Now it's like you put the prize money up there, first place, thirty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Just just throw it out there. Now all of a sudden it's like, well, let me think this through here. Uh, you know, it's all about the money. And that and look, let's be honest. It's like we all want to make some more coin. Some people will say at what cost. And I, the only thing I'll say about Brooks Kepka is like. Come on, man. If, if you're going to chastise us, <laughs> don't play me like a banjo, man. It's like. I think we're going to be saying this a lot more in the coming weeks. Come on, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> if you're going to play me like play me like that. I mean, eventually it'll come down to who the fans want to see, right? And yeah. where the stars are. And that will determine uh, who survives. I don't know how long the two of them, the two leagues, can go head to head. It feels like it's just going to be fractured, and you know it'll always be competing for attention. Neither will look very good. Uh, they're going to revamp the PGA Tour. The oh, schedule. of course they are. Uh, worth at least $20 million in increased purses. Coincidence, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? That's fine. Let them compete. But boy, it just sticks in me what went down mm. with uh, the journalist from New York Times. It just... It's hard for me to get that out of my head. I know, Uh, I know. Steam is coming out of your ears. I know. (laughs) But you know what else? I'm happy to see, finally, the Women's PGA Championship doubling the prize money to $9 million. That ain't enough. Continue on. They need more, more money. It's not specific to golf. It's across every major sport. Yeah. And it's not even just sports. You can can go to any job and it's like it's the same thing. Let's just look across industry as a whole. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Our next story, Deshaun Watson mm, is now the mm-hmm. new His lawyer's been very busy. Yeah. According to uh, his lawyer, Watson has settled 20 of the 24 sexual misconduct cases against him. 
Now, we should add that the Browns gave Watson an unprecedented, fully guaranteed five-year, $230 million contract. So they were not put off by uh, these lawsuits that were filed against him. 25 in total since March 2021. One of the lawsuits was dropped. You mentioned 20 were settled. Terms are confidential. There are four outstanding, including the one by Ashley Solis, the first woman to file a lawsuit against Watson and the first to speak publicly and identify herself as a plaintiff. Well, and and that's the person who you know people are hailing as a hero because without her mm-hmm. you might not have heard of any of these other cases yeah. you know th- there's an old saying where there's smoke there's fire <laughs> well where there's a damn forest fire you know here yeah. comes a big wall you can't deny 24 cases i know i he's he's not in the clear uh free and clear yet from the nfl either no uh, Roger Goodell still has to work through a probe into whatever potential wrongdoing, and there might be some kind of suspension. But as you mentioned, that contract with the Browns, you know, kind of sidesteps that neatly. What's sad is, come NFL season, and I'm a fantasy football junkie, geek, just like everybody <laughs> else out there. We're going to be trying to see, do I want to get Deshaun Watson when right, I want to right, get a quarterback right. out there? And is that even going to be on your radar of what happened in the offseason and the settlements? No, it's just going to be like, let me show me the stats. I got to I gotta fill out my team. We, we are, you know, we are a twisted, blasted society. At first, I think some of the, the women were going to, they wanted 100000 He was going to give $100,000 each mm-hmm. to these women. Uh, the four decided not to do that yet, including Ashley Solis. But I'm having one of those philosophical moments where it's like, do we just do the right thing? Do the right thing. Be decent? Thing. Yes, be decent. That's, that's all I ask, man. Please, just be decent. I'm sorry, I'm carrying on, man. No, but- no, I, I hear you. These are, these are important discussions to have, and... No one's talking about being decent and and all that when you're when you're settling the terms are confidential and you just want it to be clear of legal liability. Now I will tell you about a decent guy, <laughs> Rob Gronkowski, the Gronk. Now he's gonna he is gonna retire this time. At least is what he said. Didn't he say that before? He said that three years ago, but he means it this time. Why? Why does he mean it this time? Uh, well, I think part of it is you know it takes a that tight end position. Well, any position on the football yes, field. Yes, yes. But especially the tight end position, you just get pounded and pounded and pounded. It's more taxing than the other positions? It, it's a lot more taxing than the other Why? positions on the offense. Because a lot of times as a tight end, you're also throwing in the block sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and here comes some, you know, 245 pound monster coming at me and I got to block him, you know, never mind trying to follow a pass pattern. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get hurt. And I think about all the, the great tight ends, Gronkowski, Gonzalez, I go all the way back to John Mackey, man. It's like, <laughs> that's some old stuff, man, from the from the uh, Colts, but they all pay a price. Yeah. It, here's something that Gronk did. And I think it's really cool. He says he made about $70 million during his career, NFL. Mm -hmm. Just money from the NFL now. But he didn't touch that. He's living off 
of all of his endorsements. Oh, good for him. Yeah. It, that's all smart. The, the, it, that's extremely smart. It's like I said, I, I wish I could do something like that. If we Can you see us if we could, if we were allowed to be. Let's take this off air and we can discuss uh, <laughs> how we're organizing our, our finances and our savings. Hello, I'm Michael Barr from Mellow Bars. <laughs> But but before before we get too carried away with saying goodbye to Gronk, do we yeah. are we certain that this is it? Because Tom Brady changed his mind, and Ron Gronkowski's agent kind of hinted that maybe Brady could be an influencer in helping Gronk stay an active player. So you're stirring the pot, is what you're saying. That that Gronk is like, yeah. Or Gronk's agent is stirring the pot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I no, I think this time because 33 now. 32, uh, around that age. It's the time now where it's like, you know, I've made my money. Mm-hmm. I've, I've saved it well. And, man, this game is taxing on me mentally. I think that's something that he brought up, too. Never mind the physical part. Right, But right. the mental part of the game is really... Well, you're under siege all the time. All the time. And, and forget about it. Some people have said the best part of it is on the field. It's all the other stuff that you got to do before with practice this and practice that and blah, 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 Mm -hmm. and do this and do that and this and that, whatever. Sometimes some people said that the most relaxing and easy part was to be on the field. And all that prep time before. That's pretty telling. Dude, take that money, that $70 million. Yeah, start a new career, do something else. I mean, he's he's a young guy. Rob Gronkowski, I do believe this is it. Uh, This has been the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scarlet Foo. Catch us here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. And you can catch me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. I'm on Twitter at Scarlet Foo. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.